Hi, you are listening to the Conflict and Development in Africa podcast. This podcast is for policymakers, governments, researchers, students, businesses, and anyone that is interested in conflict and development issues in Africa. On this podcast, we hear from experts from across Africa and the world. Your host, Dr. Michael Wangpa, will ask the questions you would want answers to. Michael Wangpa has an extensive experience spanning over a decade studying, researching, writing and consulting on conflict and development issues in Africa. Welcome to another episode of the Complete and Development in Africa podcast. Uh, I am your host, Dr. Michael Wampwa. Today, I'm joined by a very, very special guest, Miss um, Yavi Madura. Did I? I, I'm, I don't know if I pronounced it, well, but I guess it did. I can see from the way she's smiling. Um, to discuss an important subject, um, the African Continental Free Trade Agreement or Free Trade Area, uh, its challenges and prospects. Um, Miss Yave Madura is a multi-talented um, founder. She's a, a, a digital transformation strategist. She's a media analyst. Um, she's an advocate, uh, uh, you know, advocacy against uh, for economic uh, gender empowerment and technology equality. And you know, she's added uh, on uh, on top of um, all of these um, FC uh, African Continental Free Trade advocates. Um, it's it's if we find a very very impressive resume, um, Yavi. Uh, I'm so pleased to have you uh, uh, today to join me. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, and I welcome always the opportunity to talk about my my AFCFTA, <laughs> as I call it. But uh, yeah, so any opportunity I get to talk about. Um, the future of Africa, so to speak. Um, yeah, I welcome it. So thank you, thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. It, it was quite a, it was quite a welcoming development to, you know, the the buzz and the that this agreement or you know this trade agreement kind of like generated. Um, but let's start first from what is it to those that don't know it. What what is this African Continental Free Trade Agreement? So in short, and, and as simple as, as I can possibly make it, because you know us Africans, we love to complicate <laughs> things and we love to speak in the most academic terms possible, <laughs> just to complicate matters for everyone. So in short, and as simple as I can, I can uh, make it, it's, it's the tool or the policy that was created by the African Union um, and actually, just, just in terms of a little bit of history so that you know where it comes from, it just didn't fall out of the sky. Um, so obviously in 1963, when our great uh, Kwame Nkrumah 
started or was one of the key voices or the founding fathers of the organization of African unity, the first thing that he spoke about was obviously creating economic unity across the continent um, after mm -hmm. decolonization, right? We all know that story. Um, and so when Agenda 2063 was formulated, the AFCFTA or African Continental Free Trade Area was conceived as one of the then 13 flagship projects of Agenda 2063. So the African Continental Free Trade Area or AFCFTA is basically an economic unifier policy that optimizes intra-Africa trade. So it removes the barriers to trade that we unfortunately have um, across the continent and unfortunately created in the decolonization uh, process and the decolonization era that we never saw fit to, fit to remove until now. Hmm. Well, that, is, that is quite a succinct, concise um, <laughs> summary of what it is. 60 years of history, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the way you've summarized yeah. it is quite amazing. It's quite amazing. Yeah, um, speaking of that, you mentioned the, the key things you mentioned in that short summary, you, you mentioned you know, economic unifications and you mentioned uh, a, a barrier that we didn't remove when we were, you know, decolonization. So I want to see when you say we. So let me start off from that history. When we talk about decolonization, are you saying, you know, post-colonial African, the African leaders, mm. you know, had opportunity to, to have integrated African in, in, in that way? Or I or can we argue and say can we argue and say the colonial legacy itself, the the, yeah. the arbitrary creation of states and all of this is responsible for it? So I wouldn't say responsible, um, because they didn't do it, but they didn't undo it. So and and we perpetuated it. The generations after that just merely perpetuated. So let me give you an example to make it, you know, to contextualize it so that you you understand where I'm coming from. That I'm not just talking about oh here I go again talking about colonization. This is not about that. So well, it is and it isn't. Um, so if you think about it, um, the decolonization era should have resulted in a few things, right? One of those things is to look at what were we left with and how do we reverse some of those impacts of colonization, which divided us along colonial lines. So the British, you know, separated themselves from the French, separated themselves from the Portuguese and so on and so on. So they, by default, created borders and lines according to their colonization. So now they all upped and left. And, and I'm making, you know, I'm oversimplifying it when I say that. They all upped and left. But what they did was they created, they left a legacy that they were able to still create reliance on them, number one, but also links to the continent that they could control. So let me give you an example. So you in the UK and I'm in South Africa. So the UK or the British government or the British people were our colonizers in South Africa, right? So we're a former British colony. It mm. is cheaper. Where are you born? Where are you from? Which part of Africa um, are you from? Uh, Nigeria. Yeah. So Nigeria is West Africa, right? So Nigeria was colonized by another colonizer. Britain. However, it is cheaper 
and easier for me as a South African to fly to you in the UK because the UK is my former colonizer as South Africa than it is for me to fly and it's cheaper for me to fly if I had to come and meet you in Nigeria. Mm. And that is just one small example of the context of how we, when decolonization, the process happened, what didn't mm. happen and what was not mm. undone and what the impacts that were not reversed. So today we find ourselves in a situation where intra-Africa trade is hindered by various challenges. So it is easier for us to buy things and it's easier for us to import things. It's not cheaper, but it's easier for us to import things from our former colonizers. Do you see mm. now where I'm coming from? Then it mm. is for us to intra-Africa trade because there are no logistical, you know, easy logistical routes for us to get. If I have to get to an African Union meeting that is in... Um, I don't know, choose a country. Let, let's say Nigeria. Ethiopia. Ethiopia, oh, yeah, Nigeria. Ethiopia. No, no, Ethiopia is a bad example because Ethiopia is a central point. So, and, <laughs> and the thing about it, so let's say Nigeria, right? So and mm. actually let's talk about Nigeria and South Africa because obviously there are huge visa issues between Nigeria and South okay. Africa. So here's the issues that I would have to take and, and bear in mind that South Africa has the most number of direct flights across the continent than any other country in the, in the continent, right? So I am seen as more privileged because I'm coming from South Africa. I have the option of having direct flights. Most of my colleagues and my peers, when we go to African Union meetings, they don't have that luxury. It can take them up to 27 hours to get to another mm. African country. It is easier for them to fly either to the UAE mm. to, to the, on Emirates than it is to fly direct mm. from one African country to another. So this is the legacy mm. of the colonization era that we didn't seek or we didn't see mm. fit to undo at the time. And mm. therefore we perpetuated mm. the story of colonization across the continent that 60 mm. years later, mm. we are still reliant and we are still mm. um, subservient because of that reliance to our former colonizers in some shape or form, aside mm. from the fact that obviously we have a poverty stricken, uh, poverty stricken, you know, uh, background and context to deal with. So, because of that, we cannot free ourselves or emancipate ourselves from aid and from other things. So Africa is not a mm. poor continent. It's the richest continent in the world when it comes to our natural resources. But we have not been able mm. to translate and convert that into wealth for generations and for generations to come. Mm. So the AFCFTA seeks to change all of that. Um, I don't know if you have another question, but I want to kind of give you a comparison, if you will allow me. Yeah, unless go, you go have ahead, a question. go ahead, please. Yeah, go ahead. No, so, no, 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 go ahead, please. Yeah. So I want to put into context for you, just in terms of what I'm saying, and and to how to kind of look at this in a way that we can look forward while understanding our history and how we must never repeat it, right? So. In the 1960s, obviously, as we know, we were decolonized as a continent in the 1960s, different years, different countries at different years. But in the 1960s, at the same time, uh, Dr. Mike, the European Union 
was being formed. Mm. So they were decolonizing in Africa and they were dividing us while they Mm. were unionizing and uniting in the EU, right? So I just want to draw comparative, uh, just I want to draw a comparative analysis so that we fully understand what needs to happen and how the AFCFTA has the potential to impact our future economic development and growth. In is what is called, and please do yourself a favor because I'm not going to go into the details of it because this 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 podcast is not it's not a history okay. lesson basically. <laughs> but um, essentially, between 1960 and 1969, the unification of the European Union was underway. It is referred to as the swinging 60s. Now, I know that there's another swinging 60s. I'm not talking about that. Another swinging 60s, yeah. Feminism, another, all of that. Yeah, yeah, not that, not that. I'm talking, although (laughs) equally controversial, but I'm not talking about those swinging 60s. I'm talking about the European Union economic unification in terms of when I would say all of the wealth that we now see today as a compounded effect was initially created. So in nine years, the European Union created this economic, accelerated economic development and growth by their own admission. Mm -hmm. Because when you go onto the European Union's website, this whole thing is done as a timeline and it shows and it very clearly states what was done in those nine years. One of the key things that was formulated and that they give all, please note, all of the credit to in terms of this economic development, this economic boom, as they call it, was what they refer to as the four fundamental, and please hear me, the four fundamental freedoms. See how they refer to it as freedoms? What is that? That is the freedom of movement, of Hmm. trade, of goods, services, Hmm. capital slash money, and Hmm. people. Because the moment they've created that freedom of movement across the continent, people then Hmm. had access. And accessibility leads to opportunity, and opportunity leads to development in all shapes and forms. So they call it, they refer to it as the four fundamental freedoms. As Africans, what do we do? We perpetuate our borders. We hate on each other. And we don't see movement of people, goods, services, and money as a freedom. We see it as a hindrance or that I'm stealing from you or I'm taking from you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I just wanted to kind of draw a very comparative, a direct comparative analysis in terms it's, of... It's quite interesting. Yeah. 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 It's quite interesting that uh, you draw that parallel. Um, and, 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 and then you're looking at issue of... I could pick up a, a few things. Look at issue of agency, yeah. where where for some we could say okay this is the sad reality in terms of the history we're a continent that that have had this you know sad history of colonialism and but then you could say 
I like how you said it again, you know, with the caveats, like, you know, they've opted out. You know, I'm not sure they've opted. I'm not sure they've parked and left. I'm not sure the colonizers have parked and left. I think they're still there in, in, in a very soft and covert way. But I like the fact that you say agency, where, you know, you see in the last 60 years, you know, you have the agency to change it. So in, in one of the, in my, la, in my last book, I was looking at how that legacy, how the leaders have continued or perpetrated, continued that legacy of the colonial to, to, to for instance, you wonder why the countries or the countries in Africa have decided to maintain or, you know, rigidly defend those borders that were arbitrarily created. Those yeah, boundaries, exactly. those barriers, those divisions, yeah. how they would defend it and, and all of that. You wonder why, to what purpose, what purpose does this serve? Uh, but the question I want to ask from what you said is around the time as well when you're having the unification in, 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 in the European Union, you also had in, in, the, in the continent as well with ECOWAS, with all of that. Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you see that those regional level, maybe not at the continental level, but at the regional level, yeah. you had similar stuff. How do you, how do you compare that? Well, don't ask me about ECOWAS today because that's asking for trouble considering what has just happened. <laughs> so let's, let's not go there today. Let's My question is driving to us. Uh, yeah. That itself also has been one of the challenges that have been you know, observed when it comes to the work in the effective working of the continental free trade in terms of yeah. you have yeah. SODOC here, you have you have these different yeah. regional economics in terms of integrating yes, them. So how do you see that that challenge? How does it challenge this continental free trade area or these different economic so countries? it doesn't challenge it, it drives it. So the, the 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 actual idea or the driving the driving component of all of this is very much about is very much about You've you've muted yourself. You've oh yeah. Sorry, I'm so sorry. So yeah. what it does is it drives it. It doesn't it doesn't challenge it. It's not in opposition of it. It is very much around um, how do we harness what we've already done from a REC perspective, right? From a regional economic community perspective. The five RECs are actually the key drivers of the AFCFTA, because why don't we use what we already have? And we are very strong when it comes to the regional economic communities. The RECs have had, you know, the past, let's say in the past 20 years, they have formulated a really great and a really strong foundation on which to build, on which mm. to leverage the AFCFTA. Mm. It's just that. The AFCFTA takes it to a completely other level. It takes it to the level of what I was talking about in terms of the EU and that unification that happened in the 1960s. So it also allows us to be able to harness and to leverage our strengths across the continent. Because sometimes, and just think about it now, right? If you only rely on the RICs, the way the natural resources have, the way Mother Africa has been blessed with natural resources, you will find that mm. certain natural resources are concentrated in certain parts of the continent. So it's mm. highly likely that a particular commodity is the same 
as your as your cross border immediate cross border uh, neighbor. So Newborn. in Sadek, for you know, in Sadek, for example, gold, coal, diamonds, it's it's the same thing. Whereas mm. if we look at a uh, uh, um, uh, another country like the DRC, which is you know completely blessed with everything. Or mm-hmm. you know the East African countries or the West African countries, they may have different commodities that mm-hmm. we are able to then use or utilize and trade across. And I'm not only talking about minerals; I'm talking about food products. I'm talking about you know if you look at Tanzania and the 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 rich wealth of cinnamon, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this is now just where I'm saying to you is that what the AFCFTA does is that it opens up. Uh, a market that goes from maybe 12, 15 countries in a rec mm. to 54 mm. countries across the mm. continent that mm. completely opens up a different market, that completely opens up accessibility. Um, mm. And the last thing is, is that it also allows us to be able to become a unified center for global markets. So what do I mm. mean by that? So let's take mm. the cinnamon, right? The cinnamon mm. in Tanzania could may not necessarily have full manufacturing capacity in Tanzania. Mm. Fine. Mm. Because of the AFCFTA, the NTBs that will now be uniform across the continent, the tariffs that will now be reduced to almost nothing, now it's able to move to maybe a neighboring country to be cleaned. So mm. it's cleaned, it's, you know, it's sanitized, it's whatever. Now, mm. So now you've, got, you've gone from a really raw material, really raw product to mm. one step further into its manufacturing process. It's cleaned, mm. but not dried. So now it maybe mm. needs to go to another country that is a neighbor to another mm. of a neighboring country. And there mm. it gets dried and ground, maybe. I'm just giving you an example, right? Mm. That mm. ground cinnamon then comes maybe to a South Africa, which is the most industrialized nation on the continent. And because of its industrialization has the ability or has the upper hand in terms of things like quality assurance, um, Mm. food health and safety, licensing, food packaging, et cetera, et cetera. It gets packaged here and it gets shipped Mm. out to the rest of the world because we have like three ports. So what that Mm. does is it allows us as a continent to create Mm. that centralization and being Mm. able to create fully manufactured goods on the continent from Mm. our own raw materials, whereas now we are sending that, our raw materials are leaving the continent only to be bought back as a manufactured good from our former colonizers in most cases, as I highlighted earlier, you know, in terms of why and how, at probably mm. five, six, ten times the price that we normally would have had it if we had it here on the continent. There's no, there's no doubt that uh, AFCFTA, uh, you know, presents this uh, strong potential avenue of, you know, place in Africa where it should be because I I, I spoke last with um, uh, a lawmaker in, in DRC and DRC like Riley said is 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 blessed with everything yet it's, it's poor and then you look at a, a, a country like Nigeria that is blessed with oil and then it's, 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 it's paradoxical that you ship the raw material to 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 the West and then import the finished product so but once once we look at this unified center for global and how it allows Africa to plug into that because at, at the stands Africa has this unequal 
you know, economic relationship with the rest of the world. But let's come back to even how do we get there? We look at some of those internal contradictions like infrastructure to be able to, let's say even road infrastructure to be able to link this market, to link this from Tanzania to Africa, for it to go to, to South Africa, the infrastructures and look at, you know, do we have a unified currency? There's, there's you know, issue about WAMU, there's issue about CFA, there's issue, are we having unified currency? And also issues of uh, other kind of like, you know, dynamics, South Africa, where, who's, who's going to be the hegemon? Is it South Africa? Is it uh, Nigeria? Is it too big? I don't know if they've ratified it and some of the reservations that some of these countries have had. How do we... Yeah. And then again, to put on top of that, we put China as well. China has been funding some of this infrastructure and creating. So yeah. how do you um, um, bond, um, uh, you know, do or unpack all of this to create, to let the AFCFTA work effectively as should, as should, as should, as should, um, it should work? So a couple of things. Um, the first is that the AFCFTA cannot achieve all of these lovely things on its own. While it is genius in the way that, or according to me, <laughs> it's genius in the way that it's been created as a policy, um, mm. which is great, but it cannot achieve it on its own. It can only achieve it, as you say, by supporting factors. One of those supporting factors, um, if you look at Agenda 2063's other flagship mm -hmm. projects, so if you look at the other flagship projects, there's uh, another flagship, and I'm just giving you an example because obviously we can't go into all of the details now, but yes, yes. an example would be that we would need to start working on the SAATM, which is the, you know, the, the airline trade route um, that now needs to come into effect and we need to start working on, number one. Number two, if you look at some of the road infrastructure projects that have been happening over the last two years, since COVID, over the last two years, mm -hmm. you will notice that a lot of those road infrastructure projects have been between countries for the purposes of trade. So mm -hmm. um, they they have been happening. It may, you know, in isolation, you may not have understood, ah, why is that happening? Okay, great, mm -hmm. they built a bridge between these this country and that country, not realizing that the reason why it was being built was for this very reason. So it, it, it immediately opens up a market the moment that the AFCFTA operationalizes. Now, let me come to the currency mm -hmm. issue. There was a launch of what we call um, PAPS um, in... I stand to be corrected, Dr. Mike. I don't want to lie to you, but I think late, late 2022, mid to late 2022, somewhere there. I don't, know, I don't know the exact month that it was launched. But PAPS is basically the payment system that will be used for intra-Africa trade under the AFCFTA. So let me contextualize this. So let me give you, um, let me, you know, uh, uh, highlight how it will work. So, I want to mm. buy something from Nigeria. Oh, God. And, you know, mm. Nigeria <laughs> and the outfits and the fashion. <laughs> Any day. Mm -hmm. So let's say mm. I want to buy, you know, an outfit from, um, I saw I saw it advertised on, on Instagram and I now want to contact the designer and I want to order a wedding dress um, from Nigeria mm. 
And the AFCFTA, let's say this is five years into the future, the AFCFTA is fully operationalized in both Nigeria and South Africa. And all of the, the policy regulations and customs duties and all of those things are in place, right? It's five years, mm-hmm. it's 2030, um, well, 2029. But, you know, this mm-hmm. is where we're at. I will be able to order it online. Um, mm. So from a digital trade perspective, we've got a digital trade uh, protocol under the AFCFTA. We also have a thing called the Made in Africa protocol and the rules of origin policy that formulates part of the AFCFTA. Those three things that mm. come together says that we would need to have 60% of the, under the rules of origin, 60% of that product, and it may have changed by then, Mm. it may have changed to 70 or 80 or whatever, but let's say 60% of your product, the raw materials of your product, Mm. uh, including labor, because we obviously have to create jobs, including labor, are from the African continent in some shape or form. So rules of origin, Mm. tick, not from China. 40% can come from China, 40% can come from wherever else, fine. 60% tick. We are um align we are uh, you know in terms of governance and and rules and processes we that designer would have had an afcfta license for their products okay so they will apply for a license like they would any other commercial license in their country and they would get it that Mm -hmm. then gets done from an e-commerce perspective the e-commerce um, website that the designer uses will be linked to the PAPS system. The PAP system mm. is driven by a Friximbank, right? Mm. So it's not mm. necessarily in dollars. Remember, we're heading towards a de-dollarization uh, mm. era on the continent. Mm. So it's not necessarily in 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 dollars. I don't know what the what the currency may be. Remember, the European Union formulated the euro for this purpose, mm-hmm. right? That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. I'm not saying we're going to get mm-hmm. a currency. I'm just saying they started off unifying the continent and they realized that they're going to need one currency. So we have this mm-hmm. e-commerce platform. We have a payment system. So that means that I can click on kind of like an Amazon version of something, something, something. The designer's dress Mm. comes up. I order my wedding dress or I order my dress that I'm going to some function for. It goes Mm. via the PAP system that is now monitored and compliance measures and all of those kind of things via the Afrixim Bank system. And all of our, Mm. you know, Reserve Bank approvals and everything are done in the background, right? I'm able to order that then gets put as freight. It gets ticked in terms of the fact that it does not attract cross-border trade and the huge customs that we currently are frightfully subservient to on the continent at the moment. It doesn't attract any of those. It's almost zero. And all I pay is a courier fee that may be the same as though I'm you know, I'm couriering it from Durban, South Africa, or Pretoria, South Africa, or you are couriering from Abidjan to, you know, Lagos, same same kind mm. of fee. Um, mm. And I get my dress within five days. But in the background, all of these different processes that are completely AFCFTA related are there. Now, let me add two more um Uh, things that are happening in the background or that would need to happen in the background. There would need Mm. to be um, a a trade agreement between South Africa and Nigeria from uh, under the AFCFTA 
but it means when i say a trade agreement it would mean things like uh more open airline routes so mm-hmm. i don't know if you know but in november of 2022 south africa and kenyan and uh, um william ruto the president of kenya and our president south africa uh, cyril ramaphosa signed mm-hmm. a partnership agreement between south african airways and kenyan airlines mm-hmm. right and immediately thereafter signed a uh, um a partnership in terms of kenyans were able to then come to south africa 90 days free visa on arrival so what that did mm. is that opened that that market up and immediately it increased the number of times kenyan airlines landed in south africa and the number of times that south african airlines landed in kenya which means that the likelihood of me getting my product let's say if i was ordering it from and if nigeria has the same thing by then the likelihood of me getting it within 2 to 3 days is highly probable Mm-hmm. So do you mm-hmm. see now that all of these and SAATM that other flagship project that I'm referring to that also mm-hmm. refers to not just new airline routes but existing airline routes more more trips more direct um access etc 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 so all of these things in the background come together mm-hmm. to be able to make the AFCFTA a success so there's a lot of moving parts there's a lot of things that need mm-hmm. to happen and it's only by our will and i want to be very clear there's something only by our will yeah. and determination that this is going to succeed and we don't have a choice i believe in no ensuring choice. i agree with you i i i not for i share i share your optimism i i share it 100% uh but but in line with agenda 2063 you see that yeah. there are several timelines that with these different flagship uh um uh, um stuff that have been designed there are different yeah. timelines and uh, you know for achieving each if you assess those i think there was some that were to be achieved by last year there's some to be achieved by you know next 10 years but yeah. what is the status of of that progress would you say you know how are we progressing where are we progressing where do we need to uh work on where are we relapsing you know where do we need to Absolutely. strengthen how how would you so you know <clears throat> the sad part and you you always knew that there was going to be a sad part right so the sad part yeah, of yeah. it is that <laughs> we have made a lot less progress on these other supporting factors and a lot more on the AFCFTA where we going to reach a point where it's going to create a massive gap so hmm. what do i mean by that what i mean by that remember when i told you earlier about the eu calling it the four freedoms and i named the four freedoms hmm. right so hmm. they have gone 17 times 17 dr mike 17 times hmm. to the wow. eu parliament to make a decision on whether they should separate the four freedoms the free let me repeat myself the four freedoms are the free movement of goods services capital flash money and people what we hmm. did and i don't know why we did this i don't know why we did this we separated hmm. we separated the freedom of goods services and capital which falls under the afcfta from hmm. the free movement of people so in 2018 and as a nigerian 
you hate the fact that South Africa treats you a certain way. I can I I don't even mm. need you to tell me that. I know that, right? So, and I apologize for it. I go walk around apologizing to my yeah. my Nigerian friends all the time and I'm very no, sorry. No, I'm going to come to Nigeria. I'm going to come to South Africa because of that. Your apologies enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. So, here's the thing is that in 2018, FMP was signed ahead of AFCFTA. It was signed before. It was signed 2 weeks before. AFCFTA was ratified by I think we're sitting on number 48 I've lost count it's either 48 or 49 at mm. the moment of 54 countries right mm. while the FMP is ratified by please count 1 2 3 and 4 that is it so we have not reached the threshold of 18 countries in order to be able to ratify free movement of people across the continent now We, because we get stuck in this whole xenophobic thing and South Africa is the worst when it comes to that but the point i'm trying to make is is that so what's going to happen essentially when i talk about the gap what is essentially going to happen is that you're going to have a truck driver that is at a border right let's say he's malawian mm. and he is moving something from uh south africa to nigeria mm. um Oh, who do you guys don't allow it through your border? Let's say your let's say your truck let's say the truck driver is actually driving I from Malawi. Nigeria, Nigeria allows everybody into Nigeria. I no not everyone, but let's let's not go there. So let's let's use our our scenario that we were talking about. So let's say the truck driver is Nigerian, okay. right? He's driving from Malawi, yeah, which yeah. has got nothing to do with Nigeria. Malawi. To South Africa, right? Yeah. So technically it's a sadic region. We spoke about the fact that the REC operates really well when it comes yeah, to yeah, you know yeah, movement yeah. of goods and services at the yeah. moment. But because the truck driver is Nigerian. And South Africa yeah. has issues as we know with allowing Nigerian nationals into our country and that's a story for another that's a whole other podcast interview, right? Mm-hmm. That truck mm-hmm. under the AFCFTA. I'll, I'll be glad to bring the, you back. I'll be glad to bring you back to talk absolutely. about Absolutely. Absolutely. So that truck with the goods and services under the license of the AFCFTA is allowed through our border. Free movement, mm. remember, under the AFCFTA. Mm. But the truck driver mm. driving the truck is not going to be allowed. So mm. we're going to reach a gap that we are going to regret. We are going to reach a gap that things are going to get out of control and people are going to go Oh, I never realized. Oh, I no one told us. They're going to say all of those things when they get to that point even though we have been screaming from rooftops that there are major gaps that are going we are going to we are going to kick ourselves when it comes to that point. And we keep on telling heads of state, we keep on telling governments, but they're not listening. So the FMP is only but one of the gaps that is going to be created. It's probably the most controversial, but it's one of the gaps. The other gap are the things like free movement of capital. So while the free movement of capital is technically and legally founded under the AFCFTA, our issue is that if you look at a Zimbabwe in the SADC region versus South Africa and the fact that Zimbabwe's currency is a continuously fluctuating, it's constantly needing to be redone. 
I mean, every couple of months you go there, they've changed their currency. There are some times where there's no currency in the continent whatsoever. They completely rely on the US dollar, black market. So all of that irregulation added to that, unconstitutional changes in government or UGC as we refer to it, all of these things that are constantly happening, mm. and I'm not even going to talk about the conflict that is not by our own hands in Africa. It is, it is by external forces that we have to constantly deal with. Mm. You add all of this in, and that is mm. everything that we have to, it's almost like you've got an entire army of negative things and challenges that we have to overcome. And there's one sole soldier named AFCFTA that we have to do. Mm. But, and I'm going to quote the SG, who um, says mm. continuously, it was never going to be easy to do the AFCFTA. Who said, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. And it doesn't mean that we don't start it because we have to start it. We, and I say this, I will be dead and gone and the AFCFTA will not be fully implemented in my lifetime. It doesn't mean that I must not fight for it now. For my children, my, my daughters mm. specifically, my granddaughters mm. and my great-granddaughters mm. to benefit from. Because mm. that is who we are doing this for. We are not doing this for ourselves. We may not see the benefits of it immediately. Mm. It doesn't mean we mustn't mm. do it. I agree, I agree with you. So let's say in... in Two, three minutes or four minutes. The, the yeah. Ones. yeah. Can you conclude by by maybe highlighting or projecting what's going to happen? So we're, we're in 2024. So we have about, we still have about 40, roughly about 40, 40 more years before 2063. 22. Yeah. So how do you project? Where do you see AFC, CFTA in the next five years, in the next 10 years, in, in the next, you know, looking at some of the bridges that are being built, some of these gaps that we're trying yeah. to bridge and, you know, so if you, you know, just three minutes, how do you, what, what do you see? Where do you see? So this? I'm going to give you an example to close off. I'm not going to kind of speak idealistically because it's never a good idea to speak idealistically. So let me give you an actual example, right? So do you remember during COVID, when Africa was at the end of the queue and we actually never got the vaccines that were promised to us. Do you remember? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And then we went and we fixed our problem. And God only knows how we were not as, because that's still a miracle today, that Africa didn't die, I suppose, the way people expected us to kind of die off, right, by not mm -hmm. giving us vaccines. But also, we went and we fixed our problem. We did it by our own hand. We got our pharmaceutical companies that had global access to go and make our vaccines, to get the licenses, to procure things. We did it. We fixed it ourselves. It renewed our faith. It refocused mm. us that it will, we will never be left behind again. On the 7th of December, 2023, so a little over six weeks ago, give or take, a decision by the Vaccine Alliance, Gavi. You know Gavi? Um, yeah. Gavi is the one who uh, gives those countries that are still under aid mission for vaccines. They are the ones that, you know, 
distribute uh, vaccines to those countries still in receipt of, 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 of vaccines, right? Mm -hmm. So like my country and your country, your home country, for example, mm -hmm. we have to buy our vaccines, but there are countries that still getting vaccines yeah. under aid. Yeah. On the 7th of December last year, a landmark decision was taken by the Gavi board under much from after much pressure and catalyzed by that very issue that happened during COVID where we were left at the end of the queue and we were left distraught by not being given anything. Um, and that pressure, so it helped us in that respect because then we were able to put pressure on the Gavi, uh, the vaccine alliance. So just the decision was very, very quickly was that all uh, vaccines that are meant for Africa or African countries and Africans mm. will now be mm. manufactured on the mm. continent African. by African manufacturers. It is known as the AVMA, which is the African Vaccine Manufacturers Accelerator Program. They will put in $1.8 billion into this program to close the manufacturing gaps on the continent. Now, you add AFCFTA to that mix, right? All of a sudden, mm -hmm. people that never had access to basic health care will not be dying from things like diabetes, TB, mm -hmm. cancer. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. for the most parts of Africa, women and young people, especially the most vulnerable, were dying because they didn't have access to these vaccines. They were too expensive in most cases. Maybe they never got there because of infrastructure problems. Now we are gonna manufacture it on the continent. Our people do not have to die from silly mm. diseases. And when I say silly, you know what I mean. Diseases that are easily, easily reversed, sure. easily manageable mm. when you have access. Now our people don't have to die, which means that they have access to basic health care. They are able to get it at a lower cost. We are able to reach more people because it's at a lower cost, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So you see what happens when you look at it in terms of how trade can actually impact the continent's future. Our young people do mm. not have to die. Our young people are going to take over the world because we are the youngest continent in the world. We need to keep them healthy in order to be able to do that. So just one example of how the AFCFTA, and that's a reality, by the way. I'm giving you mm. facts and things that are facts. going to happen, is happening, will happen in the next 12 to 18 months. It is going to happen. I'm not giving you something into the future. I'm not telling you something that's mm -hmm. idealistic. I'm telling you something that is going to happen within the next couple of days, uh, within the next couple of months. What I do want to say to you is that in the next two days, on the 31st of January, mm -hmm. South Africa, the most industrialized mm -hmm. nation on the continent, is going to launch their mm -hmm. AFCFTA implementation. That means that all Good. of our implementation, pharmaceuticals being, because we're the biggest contributor, you know, South Africa is the largest, it's a $4.6 billion market size in South Africa. That immediately gives mm. access by other countries to be able to access healthcare at a lower cost. So on that yeah. note, I don't think I need to say any more. I don't, right? No, no, <laughs> you've, you said it, you've said it. Yavi, I, I, like I said to you, um, this is very insightful. Your energy is very positive. And I wish, you know, every person can be this passionate about the FCT to look at, irrespective of the challenges and the gaps and the, and to look at these, yeah. these 
little leaps that we've made. They're not they're not very they're not little, but these leaps that we've made and see how it gets us to the, the ultimate goal. Uh, I I'm really, really grateful for uh your time. You've you've um I've seen that you're very you've done well, you've done well for say Yabi. Uh, and we're, we're glad to have you today. We're gonna bring you back again to come and talk another oh, topic okay. because so much <laughs> that this this time is just too small to 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 to, to contain you. I have to give you another time, another day to 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 talk about it. But all, we're, we're grateful for for your insights on the F, uh, FCTA, and um, I wish you all the best. And we'll, thank we'll keep you. In touch. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Please, I'll add you. You are part of my. You are a part of my family now. Remember, Africans. Yeah, yeah. We would... are. That is how we talk. <laughs> I, I would I would write I would write to you and see you know other other ways other avenues other stuff we could do. But but I do share your your hope your optimism and and your passion more than anything your energy your enthusiasm for for this change that you create for. Um, I'll keep into touch. Thank you today, and I'm thank sure you. our listeners will join me to thank you as well. And have a great day. No, thank you. Day. Thank you. And keep well. And uh, we're next you are in South Africa and you get through our visa, <laughs> visa and border. No, I, I don't think I don't think I will need it anyways, but yeah. I don't think I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. But um, but thank you, thank you for the opportunity. As I said to you, any excuse for me to talk about AFC FTA, I'm there, and now you know why. <laughs> but we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice, and if that's the one message that I want to be able to get out, that's the one message you got then my job here is done so thank, thank you, you very much yeah have a great day now take care you bye. too keep well bye-bye um, thank you everyone for tuning in today uh join me to thank uh miss yavi madura for her insightful uh views and in the continent uh and stay tuned for our next episode uh, but in the meantime, I will encourage you to subscribe and follow us on YouTube and on our platforms, including Spotify and Apple platform. Stay blessed for now.